I'm your host, DJ Mitchell, here to go over what was once a five-game slate, now down to two. Hopefully, we get all two games. I mean, we're still not really entirely sure at this point. There's definitely COVID implications still facing us as we trudge forward with the season as best as the NHL can at this point. And we, like I said, two games, not going to be a whole lot here. I was, I, I thought we were at least getting four. I thought four games, all right, some fun, some good DFS action. Now it's down to two, and not only is it down to two, but it's down to two games with quite a bit of potential news and notes that we're not even going to have as of recording right now. So we have the Columbus Blue Jackets at the Buffalo Sabres, and that's where we're going to kick it off. It's a five and a half over under right now, and basically a pick em. Um, It's minus 115 for Columbus, minus 105 for the Sabres. Sabres are at home, as I mentioned, and this spread came to this line pretty recently because the Blue Jackets are now going to be without – Boone Jenner, Jack Roslovich, and Gabriel Carlson. I, I mean, I know those aren't the biggest names in the world, but Boone Gen- Jenner led all forwards at five on five. Uh, well, just about five on five, but he led them all in ice time. All forwards in ice time for them last time out. Roslovich is a guy that was kind of bumping around both power plays, but he's a power play two guy. He, you know, 13 minutes of ice time for him. And Carlson was their lowest um, time on ice defenseman last game, but one of their six that is already without some pieces. So, Columbus is a bit of a mess. You know, you take three guys out of the mix. One of them, again, top line, highest time on ice for any forward. He kills penalties. He plays on the first power play. That's going to open up more room for other players. We don't have a DraftKings slate posted still. I'm guessing they're just completely reorganizing the whole thing. But there's going to be a lot of value in this game. And I kind of think for good reason. As I mentioned almost every time I talk about my Buffalo Sabres, wearing the jersey right now, the uh, 50th anniversary, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, in case you're wondering. Um, Every time I talk about the Sabres, I basically said I like the under every time as long as the goaltender playing isn't like Arendelle. And they kind of seemingly have a decent tandem with Subban and Ukopekalukkanen going forward. Tokarski and Anderson were back on the ice, but does not sound like they're going to play um, probably before the holidays. I'm, I'm kind of guessing they're you know just going to sit the next two out. They're kind of testing the waters. And yeah, I just I don't see a lot of interest in this game as far as it being a huge slug it out um type of affair and and, you know with all this COVID stuff I think it's been even more prevalent that call-ups and guys that don't normally skate with the teams don't help to boost the offensive output too much which is not a big surprise so I think overall in this game I'm really liking Bjorkstrand's prop he should see a ton of ice time he was out there with Texier and Jenner last time out Texier probably sticks on that top line he didn't see any power play run at all Texier that is so Bjorkstrand should get a bit of a boost in minutes a little bit more of an opportunity without Jenner, who is a good rate shooter in his own right on his line. I'm wondering if they don't bump up Sillinger, being as Roslovich could have been the guy. He's now out. So, yeah, kind of going to throw a huge question mark into this team. Um, you know, I don't know who's going to take their places even at this point. Columbus did not skate. They canceled practice on Sunday. They're going to skate in the morning in Columbus and then drive out to Buffalo, it sounds like doesn't really set up well for them to be super ready, good to go. It kind of get off the bus and play like it's a high school game. And I don't really like that from their side, which is why in part, I like the Sabres more. The Sabres are actually going to add back Alex Tuck, who they traded for in the Jack Eichel deal. He should play barring any unforeseen thing. They they said, Granado said he's good to go, ready to play. Um, 
Tage Thompson is the question mark, which, which gives you a little bit of pause. He didn't play or practice on Sunday. They said it was maintenance. They said it was, you know, he has some soreness and they're going to, you know, check him out and, and, you know, hopefully he play tomorrow. I kind of assume he plays. Um, I do think he'll probably bump back with Skinner and Olofsson and they'll probably rearrange the lines they ran in practice on Sunday. So we don't, I don't think we're going to know exactly where all these players are going to go until they get everything as they would like it. But you know, Tuck being back in, this is a great rate shooter. One of the better five on five scorers in the league minutes adjusted. So a guy that wasn't quite getting enough time in Vegas, but when getting it, making a lot of opportunity out of that. So I do think he's going to be a very, very good addition for the Sabres and just adds that scoring threat that they don't have enough of. Uh, They're very one-line dimensional, and the depth scoring, when not there, they completely disappear. And that's why the unders have been so good. So I select the under at five and a half. That just feels like a really nice line to take. I like the Sabres just fine here. I I don't see any reason not to take it. I mean, it's just like the Columbus Blue Jackets are coming in here without many of their best players, and I, I just don't really see a need to take a team that's going through all this turmoil driving out to Buffalo the day of just kind of adds even more to that mix of just, I'm not interested. Um, Bjork strands prop. And I would think if Tuck does have a prop for like a two shot on goal, or maybe we don't know what he's going to put out there. They might put a two and a half. If it's a huge plus money, I still like it. You know, first game back, he's a uh, Western New York native central, if you will, out of um, growing up in Syracuse, but always a Sabres fan. You know, he's excited to get back on the ice and I'm sure he wants to prove himself. You know, you're the kind of cornerstone piece of an Eichel deal. You kind of want to get out there and show the fans what they're getting. So I like him a lot to be just fine. He did skate with cousins. That could be a really nice, cheap pairing. Um, on DraftKings, I'm not overly like positive, or I don't want to make any inclinations of what the Sabres might do on the power play. They played against Pittsburgh last time out. Malcolm Subban kept him in that game. He made one of the most miraculous saves I've ever seen. Cousins was on the first power play with Darlene, Akposo, Olsen, Skinner. I wonder. Well, and, and the reason you know, Tage Thompson um, was on the he was on he he had like 20 minutes of penalty time. Like he that's why he he should be there instead of Akposo. It should have been Tage Thompson, but I'm pretty sure he. He got in a fight, and I think that's why he missed that specific power play. So with that being said, I don't know which spot might open up. My worry is that they're going to take Cousins off to put Tuck on, which isn't going to help you get that power play correlation you need in DraftKings. Not positive. But either way, I think this you know, that gives a little bit of a bump to the Sabres, who aren't really battling a lot of huge COVID concerns. They only have one guy in Tukarski that's on the COVID list, and I think he is probably going to have to be back. Um, other than that, yeah, I think it's, you know, those are the, the props. I'm not thinking this game has a ton and ton of pace. If anything, I like, I'd like to look at the save props tomorrow for whatever goal it starts for Columbus. Cause I do think that they'll give up a decent amount of attempts against, we can move over to the final game on the slate. Like I said, only a two gamer. So not a ton of excitement. It's going to be Minnesota and Dallas. Um, it is, hold on, yeah, it's in Dallas. So Minnesota coming to Dallas, um, Minnesota and Dallas, two teams that really aren't dealing with a ton, a ton of issues. Um, at practice on Sunday, or was it, yeah, was it Sunday? Uh, no, it was Saturday. Um, Kaprizov missed, but it, he's going to play. It sounds like it sounds like it's just a little bit of a bang up, and they wanted to keep him out. He'll be back with Hartman and Zuccarello. The big question mark is Jordan Greenway. Um, you know, on a two-game slate, it's someone you got to consider. He normally does play with Eric Zanek and Polino, and that line can be a line to dominate possession. And Greenway bangs home two goals and you know, in GPP that can get you there in a two games late, you can do whatever you want. So we're not sure on him. It sounds like he left practice early. Not really sure what the deal is exactly on him. Um, if he's going to play or not. Um, Spurgeon is definitely out. He'll be out past the holiday. And 
yeah, they said there's a small chance he could make it, it. You know, there's no surgery involved or anything like that. They're hoping to have him back by Thursday night, but it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. They'll probably keep him out for a couple of weeks, which means that Brodeen's probably almost certainly on that top power play. Um, you know, <clears throat> Dallas is a team that I don't like to target. They don't give up a lot against defense and defensively. They were back with Miro Heiskanen on um, the 18th or Saturday. They won a game in overtime against Chicago, four to three. It was all the top line, top power play stuff. Klingberg, Pavelski, Hans, and Robertson all went pretty much bonkers. Um, they were definitely in the, the game-winning lineup on DraftKings. I think they'll be somewhat popular again just because of how great that correlation is. I've already talked about the Sabres, Columbus, a lot up in the air as far as what the power play is, what the lines are going to be. Not sure what correlations you're going to get. On a two-game slate, you really want to make sure you're optimizing correlation. So in DraftKings, I think that a lot of people will jump over to this side, this Dallas first line again. And I think it's well justified. I think all of them set up really, really nicely. Pavelski was the player of the game, if you will. I think he had three points, if I'm not mistaken. Um, <clears throat> he looked really, really good. You know, they kind of rallied together. Tanner Kuro and a really nasty, unfortunate injury that sent him, you know, to the hospital. It sounds like he's going to be okay. They kind of rallied around that. They got going and, and, they, and they definitely played really, really well. So I'm at least optimistic that they could be a good, a good spot here. Uh, I do respect Minnesota a lot. And, you know, just going over the over under five and a half, the under that's my, my take here for sure. I just would side with the home, the home team, the Dallas stars here. They, they played well. Um, I think that some people might get in on Minnesota, um, Minnesota team that again, is going to be missing some of their guys, but what really it comes down to in this game is which team has the goaltending show up. And if both of them have the goaltending show up, I'll just give the edge to the home team. I think that Dallas could find a way to, to bang one home, uh, maybe two or three and just get the job done. But both teams kind of have this pendulum of, of great and, and average goaltending. Like one game tablet comes on as a 45 save. Um, I mean, he's going kind of going through his game logs. He has these amazing performances and some absolute duds. Dallas kind of mixes and matches their goalies a little bit more with Holtby and Ottinger kind of being the main two. And you get some, again, very high variance in performance. So I'm not ready to anoint either of these teams a slam dunk. I probably wouldn't bet the side, either side myself personally. This doesn't feel necessary. And I also don't know how much pace is really going to be here that I'm like absolutely, you know, over the moon about. Um, so I think that there's main, my main takeaway from this game is, you know, let's make sure Capri's off in before we say anything. I personally don't mind getting some depth out of this game. Um, but when it comes right down to it, where are you going to spend your salary cap on DraftKings? There is no huge name player besides Kirill Kaprizov. I, is he completely necessary? I say no, just because I think his ownership is going to be absolutely to the moon. It's a two-game slate, so obviously, um, Rube Hintz is another guy, super-duper um, expensive. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to make one lineup and just kind of treat this like a showdown slate where I might actually leave some cap on the table, take a goalie from, you know, I don't, I'm not sure which goalie I'm going to take exactly. I might just take the Sabres goalie, take some Sabres, kind of mix and match, and hopefully find the right correlation. Um, but I think it's worth getting unique in this slate. Uh, it might be worthwhile to play like Heisken and Sagan Ben. You know, a lot of people might not get to that. And Sagan's been pretty good lately. He's had a lot of shot attempts. Um, and I think he could continue it here. So, yeah, I think it, it's worth looking into. And, and the reason why I think Dallas won, well, A, like I said, it's going to be popular. It's going to be somewhat expensive, although price doesn't really matter on the slate. But they're going to be playing one of the best defensive lines in the Eric's neck unit. And really, I mean, the heart and line's great defensively too. So I just don't really know if I love the upside 
from that line myself. And I wonder if Sagan, the, the Sagan Ben line could maybe actually find their way through. So I think that's kind of how you want to look at this. Is lineup matching perfect? No. And Dallas does get the, the right to try to dictate the matchups as, as they wish. Um, and just kind of looking at their last game, you know, they played against Chicago. That first line in Pavelski, Hintz, and Robertson kind of played everyone. They kind of caved everyone in. They didn't really put them out there in absorbent amount against any specific line. It looks like the Taves unit got the most of them every time out, and that was the one that they tried to seemingly get them against. And boy, it, they, they really caved them in, which is not surprising, which <laughs> because they scored all four of their goals. Um, so yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I'm not going to be overly bullish on any one side here, but I do think if you're playing the DraftKings slate, you should just full on stack one team with a four a four unit. Um, so depending on what what you want to do, you know, figure that out yourself. Obviously, um, I am the most interested in a guy like Sagan. I think for Dallas is being a bit contrarian. He actually led them in expected goals and did not have one in his own right. He had what, one, two, three, four, five shots on net and had the highest expected goals. So I think I'll just key in on him and a piece with him and then try to spend up elsewhere. Um, so my best bets of the night, like I said, Bjorkstrand shot prop. I like Tuck. I'm really, really hoping we get some huge plus money on him in his first game back. I might even take him to score just because it's a lot of fun and I'm a Sabres fan, but you don't have to do that. Um, and then let's figure out who is going to be with Bjorkstrand. If it's Sillinger and Bjorkstrand, I think that's going to be a nice correlation. It could could even be top power play. Um, Chinnikov was the other guy in that top unit that should stay there. He might be super under the radar as well, getting more minutes. He's a rate shooter. Another guy that you might want to take at like plus 450 to score a goal. Um, Those will be a lot of fun ones. And then on the Minnesota side, I mean, it's really tough to pick anything in particular to feel great about. I've been hammering Kirill Kaprizov, but it's getting way out there now. It was like minus... I remember at one point it was like minus 110 and like three weeks later, it's like minus 180 for him at two and a half. So you got to do your best with that. Um, Hartman's kind of come back down to earth. I've been t- taking Erickson Eck a lot too, because that's really the guys that are shooting and they're just so good at possession that, yeah, they, they find a way to get it done, but Dallas is not bad at possession either. So it's hard to, this is a tough game. It's a really tough game. It's Dallas, Minnesota. It kind of feels like two teams that kind of try to do the same thing coming together and playing against each other. And I'm excited to watch it, but I don't, have a ton of really, really strong feeling on it. Um, that's why I just kind of like the under and I'd rather try to find props elsewhere. Uh, but okay, but with all of that being said, spend enough time on a do game slate. With all this COVID news, if you're not in the Morning Skate Podcast Discord at this point, I don't know what you're doing. If you're betting heavily, we're talking about everything. And we, I mean, we have so many people tracking this. I mean, if you are in the Discord 30 minutes before lineup locked, you are getting all of the news. You are getting at everyone alerts for all of the big breaking things. And it happens every single night. And I'm going to say this one last time. Actually, I probably say it almost every show from here on out. If you are not putting in your flex spot, the latest starting player with the most salary, you're doing yourself an incredible disservice. I'm going to say that one more time. If you make your lineup, your utility spot on the bottom flex position, whatever you want to call it, it should be your latest starting player with the most salary cap. Okay. I'm going to say that you got it. You can't blame me when you make this mistake. You're going to limit yourself, especially on smaller slates. Think about it this way. If you start Cage Thompson in in your flex, you've burned it. Um, Actually, what? I think these games are like an hour. Yeah, they're an hour apart, hour and a half apart. And then we find out that you, you know, that your winger potentially is out for the game. Um, We'll say it's, Robertson. Actually, actually, Rupe Hans might be a better answer um, at center. 
because he's missed time randomly. And last year, he was, that was a huge issue for us. You will not be able to pick from all of the wingers anymore because you're only going to have him in your center spot and your flex is gone. You see what I'm saying? Does that makes sense. So now you only can pick from centers in one total game if he's in your center spot and not your flex. You've just taken away any chance of putting in Robertson, uh, Pavelski, you know, any Caprizov if you could try to find a way to get up to him. Those are all off the table now. You're basically praying that you have enough to, you probably get Hartman in there. And now you're probably not going to have the correlations you want. And you just set yourself at such a disadvantage. So please make sure you're doing that. As far as betting is concerned, another thing, I, I, you know, if you find a line, like I, I, t- I say this almost every day in, in, the, in the underdog discord to people, they're like, what props are you taking? I'm like, unless if I find a line that is a clear cut, 100% mispricing, they have, they have marked it wrong. I am waiting until 630 to lock in anything because we don't know. And if you lock in a two-way prop and one of those players is gone, that's just gone now. And you don't get the money back until like the game ends. So don't do it to yourself. I mean, you get a ridiculous line. Of course, we've seen it before. I remember last year we had Brady the Chuck at like plus 500 for two, three shots on goal or something. Like obviously jump on that right away. But a lot of these lines don't move. A lot of these books don't care about the NHL product. They don't move them. So don't lock it in until we know. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox. I just want to give you a little extra. It's a two-game slate. I like to talk. So enjoy it. Um, if you have any questions, at DJ underscore Mitchell 94, Morning Skate Podcast Discord. I know it's a lot of it is just DFS focused, but there's a ton of people in there putting different models, different things they use. And maybe you could look at that and see like why sometimes I like some of the props I do. And, you know, are they perfect? No, they're never going to be perfect. A lot of what we go off of is expected goals and trying to get the right shot numbers of expected, it doesn't really work out. Um, so it can be a little bit tricky and nothing's a perfect science. That's why we're gambling. But it, the more you use, the more time you spend, the more you start to understand the way players play and the more you understand how teams try to defend, the more you'll see where to kind of pick your battles. Um, other than that, I'll let you guys go. Enjoy your Monday, stay safe, enjoy the holidays. And I will talk to you. Oh boy, might I talk to you on Friday? We'll see. I don't even know if there's any games, but I'll talk to you soon.